Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the way, I'm, I'm happy too, but I'm going to mute myself. Talk shoes. Recorded okay, that's live. That's fine. You want me to mute you, or you want to mute no, yourself? No, no, no. I'll mute it. I'll mute it on my phone. I got you. That way, you can come and go as you please. Okay. Yeah. All right, um, Kevin. Why don't you start, maybe, and then uh, I'll just let you kind of lead the program tonight, Kevin. You can just kind of be our choir director. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, good evening, everybody. We're good this evening. is this is September fourth. And we've been reading through the epistle letter of 1 John. We welcome all of you. We thank you for joining with us. Uh, We'll start reading five verses of chapter 5 in 1 John, and we'll discuss them. And I pray that our conversation will be a blessing to you and that the Lord will be pleased with it. So, um, Chris, would you like to read five verses, and we'll we'll discuss them? Okay. Okay. Chapter 5, 1 John, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that is that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? All right, did you see a verse in there you want to comment on? Well, it's it's just a... This is more of uh, the fact that God is love, and uh, again, he's a God of judgment as well, but this stresses his love and the love of his his children and the love that they must uh, manifest towards each other and is a, a proof text of the fact that they are, in fact, children of God. Yes. I think, don't we, when we go out, aren't we looking for children of light? You know, in everybody we meet, we just look to see, is this one of God's children? You know, we hope it is. And then when we feel that we see the Holy Spirit in someone, the spirit that bears witness with our spirit, when we feel that they are a brother or sister in Christ, we really love them. We really do. You know, we love what Christ is doing in them, you know, as as he's doing the same with us. So that's how we know that we love the brethren and that we are loved of God as well. How, what does it mean to say, verse 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world? 
how do we overcome the world? Because we certainly seem to be beaten down by it. And, and uh, you know, it, well, through, if we were, through Christ, yeah, through Christ, greater is in is is in us. Christ is in us. So so mm-hmm. Christ has overcome the world. So consequently, we being in Christ, we share in that overcoming. Yes, and he says, "Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world." So, so we being in Him, we do overcome the world. And so, our victory, in that sense, is in the end for sure. We we suffer with Him now, and we reign with Him later. But in the meantime, we take the low road as He did in His time of humiliation. That's uh, and that's just the opposite of how the gospel is being presented in the churches today, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And in fact, if you look at the the first verse, um, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, isn't that mm. interesting? If you compare that to uh, Matthew um, sixteen eighteen, mm. and Jesus answered and said, "Like he asked Peter, no, not not sixteen eighteen. I'm sorry, it." Um, he is sixteen fifteen. He asked um, mm-hmm. Peter. He saith unto them, No, uh, I guess the group. Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Now mm-hmm. Jesus then reveals. He says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So the only way, the only way that somebody could understand that Jesus is the Christ is if they were born of God and it's revealed to them by God. So they go go hand in hand. And what's really interesting is in the next verse, in verse 18, and it says, and I say unto thee, uh, thou art Peter, and upon this rock uh, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, it's interesting that the rock that he's referring to is what Peter had told him that, in fact, he was the Christ, the Son of yes. the living God, see? And yes. that's the rock upon which he would build his church. So, and again, we see this is a universal church, but what does the Catholic Church say? The Catholic Church says, no, the rock upon which the church is built is Peter, see? And so Mm -hmm. implicitly then, by saying Peter is the rock, they're implicit, and therefore the foundation of their church, therefore they are implicitly rejecting Christ, Jesus as Christ. They're saying, no, we're going to rely on the authority of Peter. He mm-hmm. is the rock upon which the, built, the church is built. And so if you go back to 1 John chapter 5, whosoever mm-hmm. believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God, and everyone that uh, loveth him, uh, is everyone that believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Well, that, that means that if you reject that, you're not born of God. Well, that's yeah. the Catholic Church. They have, the, to the extent that they agree that Peter is the rock, they've rejected Christ. Yes. And they rejected what Jesus said to Peter, that no flesh and blood has shown you this, Peter, but my Father in heaven. And Papa, Pope, takes him, himself in the place of Father. 
And so he's going to dispense what is uh, to be for the church through the uh, the decrees that they pass down, the the dogmas and the right. bulls and everything else. Yeah. Well, do you want to read uh, six down to ten? Is is he there? Yes, oh, I'm here. Yeah, go ahead. You want to read uh, verse six to ten, Walt, and then we'll talk. About it. Oh, excuse me. Oh, okay. I have to mute myself. Sorry. Uh, uh, verse 6. Mm. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Yes. Now, we probably have heard, uh, uh, verse 7 here, that this, and I read this in some of the newer translations, that this verse is not found in the better manuscripts. Have, have you heard that, uh, anybody? Uh, yeah, that that is the uh, that is the lie of the devil, and okay. they they get that they get that from this idea that the Sinaiticus and Vaticanus are superior manuscripts, which is absolutely untrue. It's completely mm-hmm. false. It's a mm-hmm. deception, and the uh, it's a it, it's an attack on the deity of Christ. And the Godhead. Yes. And so right. they have actually removed, uh, I can't remember, I'll, I'll pull up the NIV right now and see how the NIV... Uh, 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 oh, no, not the NIV. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, as an example of the error? Yeah. and Let's see, if you go to NIV, it has, okay... It has an end note saying, uh, late manuscripts of the Vulgate testify in heaven, the Father, the Word only, and there three testify and not found in any Greek manuscript before the 14th century. Uh, and there are three that testify on earth. Um, the, uh, that verse in verse 8 is not found, according to the NIV, in any Greek manuscript before the 14th century, which is, mm-hmm. you know... Mm-hmm. First of all, it's irrelevant, okay? Well, that's what because, I thought, yeah. yeah. Because God's word is preserved, and right. the old manuscripts were transcribed and copied and mm-hmm. faithfully, and they would agree with one another. And so the historical evidence supports verse 8, yeah. okay? Right. Uh, right. But the idea that they would then resort to an old manuscript, which was never used, which has on its face, um, mm-hmm. ex- 
clear evidence of alteration, uh, you know, it, this is a purposeful deception. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Now, and I find, uh, hypothetically, even if it wasn't true, if it were, wasn't in the original, which we don't have anyway, but even if it wasn't in the scriptures, there's enough of other scriptures that adequately present the three as one. You know, it, it, this is just a reaffirmation of what we, are, we already know and have been taught in the scriptures elsewhere, right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting here. They've actually taken verse... Um, they've actually... Here's what they say for verse 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, for there are three that testify. That's it. Mm-hmm. So they take out... Yeah, it, there are yeah, three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, okay? So they mm-hmm. say there are three that testify. And then their verse 8 is the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. So they, they actually remove verse 7. Yes, and then yes. claim that verse 8 they only put in in order to. So they're actually, they're actually attacking both of them. Yeah, okay. But and and we know that there's enough scripture elsewhere that this, the, those verses would not be essential to our faith. Oh sure, the, sure. I mean they, they yeah, have lectionaries yeah. that are based on on, right. on Bible passages. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of. Right. There's, right. There are thousands, thousands of. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's the beauty of the scriptures that it's not just one verse or even two or even three sometimes, but there's many, many verses that complement one another. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Versus other in other passages. Yes. Okay. It, it, I got sure. It. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were so talking that, about manuscripts. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, so that, and by the way, yeah. that would be their argument for they 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 switch that around. They say, well, we're not attacking the the deity of Christ. Look at the other passages we we, we allow that, that that remain. See, in our yeah. NIV. And yeah. but they, they miss the point. It's it's sure. like taking it's like taking a stop sign from an intersection. Well, uh-huh. we we left the stop signs out to other places. So what sure. if there are car wrecks at this intersection? All the other intersections are just fine. Exactly. Well, yeah. Uh, addressing the fir- the former point, we we all know the verse in in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So you only need to see something twice, and if it the Lord states it mm-hmm. twice, it's it's it, it it's firmly assured by the Lord that yeah. well, see, that, that, reality. that concept that concept I don't mm-hmm. know if it's I don't know if that is a restriction on Scripture. So oh, no. uh, yeah. I don't think that it has to be appear in Scripture twice. Right. Well, I mean, there is a, unless there, unless unless I'm yeah. wrong, I'd, I'd be willing to to listen to a counter argument. But I don't mm-hmm. think God's limited by those rules. And if He says something once, that's all it takes. Yeah. Am I wrong? Although, Am I wrong about that? No, no, well, there no is, that's true. No. He, there's many times he'll say something just once, and it's as good as gold. But well, but if he'll say it twice, like he did yeah. with Daniel in regard to the, you know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar and 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 Darius and those guys, he he said mm-hmm. that these this was firmly established because the Lord has said it twice, like or given two examples of the same mm-hmm. outcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the sheet that came down in the book of Acts. It came down three times. And it, it was, yeah, there are many examples where things, for instance, Elijah, when he 
to put water over the rocks. You remember three times he put the water over the, the altar and drenched the the rocks and, and everything. Yeah, there are a lot of different cases of, of threes happening uh, because the number three is the, the Godhead. And I, I believe that's why we can see that. Now let's look at let's look at this passage because it's in these two passages. Okay, mm-hmm. um, obviously the reference is the Father, uh, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have three that bear witness on earth. Okay, now we have the Holy Spirit, uh, the water, and the blood. Now, how do you? I mean, I don't want to say Holy Spirit. It says the Spirit. And by the way, it's a small S. But it's capital. It's capital S, though. So it's the Holy Spirit. It, I have a small S in my King James. Do you oh, really? Wow. Well, yeah, I have a King James, and it's capital S. Really? Hold on. Let me grab another. Yeah. Let me grab That's another. Um, now, by the way, this is Nelson Publishing version. Okay. Okay. So this is the this is the one I bang around with, but I've got a better one up here. Hold on. Let me grab this one. They're tampering with the. They're tampering with the. the Current King James version, the straight King mm. James. There's se- there are several proof texts that, mm. that can affirm whether you're purchasing a r- real King James or one that's been tampered with. Yeah, well, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. For example, no way, in Habakkuk. Okay. Right, let me, Habakkuk, let me pull up this. It says that. It says that in Habakkuk, it says the faith in Christ, where the real King James you want will say uh, faith of Christ. That's really? Okay. What, what passage is that? I'll check that. It's in Habakkuk. It's a small, yeah. it's a minor prophet. You shouldn't we'll, have any we'll, trouble finding we'll, that. We'll see how they would fit that with Galatians one twenty, that we live by the faith of the Son of God or, or faith in the Son of God. That would be interesting to see the wording there. I prefer of as opposed to in because yeah, we're yeah. saved by not our faith, but, but the faith of Christ because, because he was faithful. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I have a Thomas Nelson, a King James, so I, whatever that means. Oh, yeah, mine's Nelson also. It's uh, no, that's, that's that's interesting. Let me look here. I've got the uh, this is uh, a this subtle, subtle difference. And then you wonder what other differences are there. <laughs> you just picked up one that I didn't, I wasn't aware of in verse eight here. That, that's a that capital yeah. S spirit as opposed to yeah, a small. That's, that's a, yeah, that's what that's I have. Another, yeah. yeah, that's another example of. Uh, oh. To the two different forms of yeah. King this James. one, this one has a capital capital S. Okay. Well, you know what? You, you, I'll go. I have I have actually a 1611 King James. Let me run downstairs and get that. Oh. And, okay. uh, and we'll see what the original 1611 says. Yeah. Okay. On verse, you're, we're talking about verse eight there, and mine yeah. has uh, mine does has a small s also. Mm-hmm. 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 It, 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 uh, i got to find it here now. Oh, here it is. Now, it's, it's interesting because it, it would seem to me, I'm just guessing at this, it would seem that a small s would be more appropriate there, dealing with the water and the blood being of earth. It would it would not be the Holy Spirit, but, but since it's capital S, then you think it's the Holy Spirit. Right. Now, let me, um, I just... Now, the two publications, all right, let me just tell you what the two publications I'm looking at right now. One is, let's see, this is the Holy Bible, New and Old Testament, blah, blah, blah. This is the Cambridge University Press, 
okay? Mm-hmm. The, the one that has the capital S. Mm-hmm. Is that, and I think that's supposed to be one of the ones that everybody says is faithful. But let me, I've got the 1611 in front of me. Let me pull that up. Okay. Let's see what that says. Um, it's a little harder to find things in this because the way they've written things. It's going to take me a minute here. Um, First John chapter five. Um, okay. There's through the through the Yeah, capital S in the sixteen eleven. Okay, so that would mean the Holy Spirit. And then can you explain to us what that verse 8 is meaning? Because I never really had a good understanding of that. Um, you know, I never did either. Okay. That's, what I was, that's what I was asking. I was, I was trying to yeah. uh, see the, right. my, if, if that's the Holy Spirit, okay, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the water would be the word of God, but the, mm-hmm. the, the blood would be Jesus Christ, I'm guessing. Because water is also mm-hmm. capitalized, and blood is also capitalized in the 1611. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at. Let's look at. Um, oh, that's interesting. Well, that's not true in my my translation. It's small w and that's, small. That's the 1611, b. and mm-hmm. in the uh, blood and water is not capitalized in um, in the Cambridge. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, now, when you, if, if the W is capitalized in one of those translations, they they would be alluding to the water of the uh, the Holy Spirit, I believe. Well, and that the wouldn't word. be. Yeah. W- oh, the word. Okay, right. It wouldn't be yeah. just H two O. And if the B was capitalized, it would have to be the blood of Christ. Then I, I would think. I would think so. Yeah, that's it. That's um, but the, yeah, that, this is uh, this is interesting. I would like to, if there's any significance of capitalization, why would Cambridge yeah. now? And there, and by the way, there have been revisions of the 1611 from the 1611 mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. corrections. So only in only oh. basically in typeface uh, spelling convention and uh, punctuation, and it may mm-hmm. also be in capitalization. But that's about it. Nothing substantive, really. But I, I don't know what what I mean. Does does it make a difference? That, that was yeah, Habakkuk chapter not. two, verse four. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And newer King James will say, the just shall live by faith, or as opposed to Christ's faith. 
Yeah, I see that. Okay, all right. And that's, that's Habakkuk 2.4? Chapter 2, verse 4. See if your okay. sins will live in, in, in or, or by Christ's faith. It doesn't say Christ, because it's Old Testament. Okay, let's see. Oh, by the way, the uh, the one that um, let's see, this is got spirit capitalized and water and blood, uh, 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 a lower case in chapter five, verse eight. Hmm. Yeah, but how can we know that that the word his there in verse four is talking about Christ's faith? And not the faith of the believer. Well, it's how can we, it, it, it says the just shall live by his faith. Who else? Well, we we know that it's Christ's faith for us, but in the wording there, it it, it wouldn't. I, I don't know. It seems to be ambiguous. Are we still searching that? Well, yeah, right before it, it says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in, in him. That's the individual. Sinner. Okay. Right. Just shall live. And the antecedent is the, is the, is the prior. Uh, okay. So, okay. So gr- grammatically Behold, then. Behold, lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Yeah, his faith. <laughs> Who's his? Behold, the soul which lifted, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The older, uh, newer versions of the King James will say, "The just shall live by faith," as if it's your faith. Yeah, I see That's what you trouble. mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to have faith in my faith. I want to have. Right. I want to have faith in Christ's faith. Right. Well, there's another verse we know, I think in Hebrews, perhaps, the just shall live by faith, right? Well, I think you're right. And I think it just reads that in the King James, the just That's shall right. live by faith. Yeah. But again, there's other there's other versions of the King James. What yeah, verse is that okay. in Romans? Did you say Romans? Yeah. Well, I th- um, yeah, in Romans one seventeen, it says, the just shall live by faith. Oh, okay. uh, Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews yeah. 10.38, uh, the just shall live by faith. Romans yeah. Chap- well, first one, Romans chapter 1, verse... Romans 1.17. Yeah, I've got the just shall mm-hmm. live by faith. Then it yeah. takes you back to Habakkuk 2.4 where it says, where it says what, I just, <laughs> what I've been saying. The just yeah, shall right. live by his faith. Right. I mean, there's a foot number down there right next to that verse in Romans, and it clarifies it by being his faith. Okay. Yeah, and that's clear in Galatians 1.20. I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the faith that I, or the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's right. So that, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing there. The, the, it's Christ's faith. That's key. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah, yeah Chris, Chris you're, you're getting that because you're taking the the, the, the scripture in toto and, and ga- gathering that meaning from the other passages. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's. And I, I, guess I, I agree with you. Okay, because I'm guilty of that, but it's right, but right. but it's ingrained in me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, in fact, good. there are 16 passages that refer to the faith of Christ. Oh, I'm sorry. No, one one is faith of Abraham, faith of. I just did a, sur- a search on my uh, mm-hmm. program for faith of. And, oh, okay. that's good. Let me see. And there's 16 faith of right. references, right. most of which are faith of Jesus Christ. Right, right. right. Uh, but there is a couple involving faith of Abraham. Right. Uh, but most of them are faith of Jesus Christ, faith of the Son of God, mm-hmm. faith of Christ, faith of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So it's it's you know yeah. we have boldness and access with com- uh, with confidence by the faith of Him, not yes. faith in Him, but faith of Him. Right. It gets that what this pointing out. I see two things in that. One is the faith that Christ gives to His people. Uh, the, the, uh, like it says, um, uh, uh, that verse in Jude, contending earnestly for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's a delivered faith. So it's a faith well, yeah. from Christ. Yeah, we understand yeah, look, that. Philippians 127 has really interesting language. It says mm-hmm. that we stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving, striving together for the faith of the gospel. <laughs> So basically, the gospel yeah. speaks of a faith that we have, and that right. faith is the faith that's spoken of in the gospel is the faith of Christ. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah you guys, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted just to interject one thing. I was listening to your discussion regarding the Godhead, and I think one of the really key verses that authenticates the Godhead <laughs> is Christ himself you know, in the 28th chapter of Matthew, the 19th verse there, as he, right before he ascends back to heaven, he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes. And so, and then he goes on and says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's another authentication of the... Uh, of the Godhead. I just wanted to interject that. Yeah, okay, right. now that was Matthew 18? Matthew 28, verse uh, 19. Verse 19. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Because that brings up another issue, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, this baptizing, is that he's, is he referring to uh, water baptism here? Well, I don't think people have the ability to baptize um, other people in the Holy Ghost. No, I <laughs> in other words, I, I, no, I agree with you. So, but I do, I do believe, I believe that's an outward sign of an inward working. I mean, in other right. words, <clears throat> I think that's what he's alluding to there. Larry, you just brought up the best direct ver- verse in the book, really, in regard to uh, the Trinity, the, mm-hmm. the affirmation of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and at Christ's uh, baptism too, uh, the the dove and the Father speaking and absolutely, and the Son. yeah. There, yeah. I I but, always like I always like that the one mm-hmm. that pointing to Kevin the John's, uh, you know, baptizing Christ that mm-hmm. so that all things will be fulfilled. You know, yeah. well, this, is, this is interesting. The also, of Christ's baptism was 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 uh, was bringing up the. Uh, that that whole point of view, that whole 
you had all three there, you know, at Christ's baptism. You mm-hmm. had the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Father speaking, the dove, and Christ himself by, by water, by John baptizing. But that, mm-hmm. that, that, we, we're all in agreement that the three are the Godhead, but how does that explain then verse 8, which is not so clear? The spirit, the water, I, I, and the blood. How do, they, I think how, how do those correlate to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Or do they at all? Well, when it says in verse 7 that the record in heaven, and then it gives the triune God, we can understand that. But in the earth, we're talking about the spirit, water, and blood. And I don't understand what, how you read that. I, I, I could look up some commentaries on it, I suppose. But well, I, I never think... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, who, go ahead. Ed, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, uh, there are a number of references that, that, that correlate the water with the word. So the washing of the right, uh, yeah. water by the word and so forth. So I'm uh, thinking that that's what we're looking at there. I'm just guessing. Uh, uh, okay. I think also God. there's there's a correlation uh, to the Godhead, which is described, which you talk a lot about, Ed, in Romans one twenty. You know, and it says, for the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. <clears throat> even his eternal power and Godhead. What's he referring to when he says uh, that they're clearly seeing being understood by the things that are made? I think, and I could be wrong, this is just an opinion, but I think it's referring to the nature of man. Okay, man has a body, a soul, and a spirit. Okay, he has a trifold nature. And so we see the, the... the uh, as it were the comparison between the nature of man and the eternal Godhead. He says, for the invisible things of him, speaking of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, that's God's mm-hmm. creation, even his eternal power and Godhead. And that's speaking, of, of course, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I find that a real interesting description of uh, uh, of the uh, the Godhead or the Trinity. I don't really use the word Trinity too much because people get all bent out of shape about it. I like the term mm-hmm. Godhead a little bit better. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. yeah. You should yeah. always you should always use physical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I I I also am uh, uh I try to stay away from the word Trinity. Yeah. Well, for the same, mm-hmm. for the reason that the gospel makes it clear that God is one. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not three. He's one. Now I don't right. understand this completely. I, he, there are three mm-hmm. persons. God is one. He's not mm-hmm. a trinity. So this idea of trinity, I don't. He's one. So when um, when Jesus was on earth, he was also in heaven at the same time. Yes, yes. You got a verse on that? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me. I've got to. I've got to find it now. Oh goodness! Yeah. Um, I think it, it, omnipresence. 
yeah. omnipresence that... Uh, no, he... Oh, where is that? It's a, it's now I have God. To, I've come across it in the, the, the one that says uh, no one has ascended into heaven, but he that's come down from heaven, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. I you remember think so. that one? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of what where that passage is exactly. Yeah. But, uh, it was in John, I believe. Yeah. But but yeah, he, he's in the earth when he says it, and and yet he says he's in heaven at the same time. So that that's beautiful. <laughs> Mm. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, in, that's in John three thirteen. Right, right. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it right there. Which the Son of Man, which is in heaven. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that raises a lot of questions, and and you just have to settle it on a, on what it means instead of. You know, trying well, to argue against it, yeah. Yeah, he was both in heaven and on earth at the same time. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes your head explode just to think about it. I, I can't conceive of that, mm-hmm. but... Right. I mean, yeah. I, it's like it's like thinking of something that always was and always will be. Mm-hmm. How, can, how can we... I can't imagine such a thing. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, and when he, says, when he says that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and when he says that uh, that he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Colossians one seventeen, and when he says uh, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, and by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are visible, invisible, with the thrones, and so on. So um, it is mind boggling <laughs> yeah, to see yeah. his power. Yeah. Another point I wanted to make when we were talking about the faith of Christ is we live by the faith that's given to us, of course, by Christ. But we also live by the faith that Christ has in that he keeps the covenant he made with his father. And and I see that as an assurance, too, that, that Christ will never fail in, in the, his keeping of the covenant. And, and and that's to me, that's a double way of looking at the faith of Christ. Anybody Yeah, and there, there's a there's a scripture that I I don't fully understand. Mm. I embrace it. I can't fully understand it. <clears throat> That's in uh, the second chapter of Colossians. Mm. Uh, it's talking about the, the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge and everything. And then he says in the verse 9, for in him of Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Yes. <laughs> That's mind-boggling to me. I mean, yeah. I'm, and, and, and in him we are complete. Yes. Yeah. So, so being in him, we have everything he is. This is incredible. How could uh, we yeah, want to have something? And, and, when, yeah. and when, we, when we see him, uh, we will be uh, how does that flow? Like yeah, yes. <laughs> right, uh, right. I mean, wow. Think yeah, about yeah, that. It, yeah. It, it's awesome. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if somebody wants to read verses eleven down to sixteen. <laughs> 
I would, but you know what? I, I probably can't. I've been, mute, I've been muting myself all the way along here, but as I cough, I probably yeah. wouldn't be able to make it through without coughing. So um, okay. I'm going to pass on that, and I'm going to probably be muting myself in just a second again until I have to cough. So. Uh, okay, all right. Well, Chris, would you like to read 11 to 16? Kevin, have you read yet? Did you read No, the I'll read book? it. No, no, I haven't, I haven't read it. I'll read it. I'll, yeah, okay. And I'll this is the up. record. Mm-hmm. And this is the record that God gave or God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. And he that has not the son of God has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. And we could work backwards if you want, because it might be easier in what we just read and what we might be thinking about. Yeah, let's, in the start, last... let's start right there. There is a sin unto no. death. Let's, exactly. let's, let's break that one down. That's a, that's a yeah, good brother. one. It's all yeah. good, but it's, and then we can right. work back. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that, that, that he shall pray for it. Yes. What? Well, you, okay. you know, I don't, I don't, you know, this isn't the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Ghost that has no forgiveness in this life nor in the world to come. I don't think. What do you think, Chris? Well, you got to define that is blasphemy. You know, I actually believe that, you know, the Pentecostals will say, I'm sorry, I'm getting off, off on track here, but I'll get back to mm-hmm. this in a second. The Pentecostals mm-hmm. will say, well, if you don't believe that you, that you speak in tongues, when you're uh, the moment you're saved in our day, then you mm-hmm. and you you disdain that you you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now we know that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Again, no. the manifestation of the gift of tongues is that the tongue ceased when the apostles right. all died right. off. But but yes. the sin unto death, I believe mm-hmm. that's I believe that's falling back into say for example, back into free willism. Uh, for for, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, filthy mm-hmm. lucre's sake, or something like that, but falling back into an Arminian point of view for advantage. Mm-hmm. When you ha- when you did have mm-hmm. the light, or, or you did understand that God is sovereign and and you're not, and you don't mm-hmm. have a spiritual free will, but then to go back to to fall back, I think that right. I think you know I think that falling back. Is is mm-hmm. going back into the world and the and the world loves the I guess the Arminian point of view. I think there's a lot more to that Arminian state of oh, mind that, oh, than absolutely. meets the eye, and how, how devastating yeah. that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's far, far more of them than there are of us. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I always tell people, it's not the majority that's going to win in the end. It's a minority. Hey. It's like eight souls in the ark with Noah and everybody else perished. 
So so don't don't think that you're with numbers and you and you win, you know. Or like Gideon and the and the three whittle down to three hundred against the yeah. Midianite. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just I'm just looking at this and I I hearken to um Hebrews six uh chapter six verse four where it says, For it is impossible for those who are once enlightened and have mm. tasted of a heavenly gift and were made partakers mm-hmm. of the Holy Ghost uh, if they uh, and it have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the word to come, if they have um, fallen away. Yes. So when it um, starts in 16, when it says, if any man see his brother, th- this would be a professing Christian, but not, not necessarily a possessing one. That's right. That, so, that would sin unto death, yeah. And so I think the sin unto death is somebody mm-hmm. who professes to believe in Christ, and then at mm-hmm. some point, rejects Christ. And it's in, and I know yeah. people like that. Uh, yeah. I, I know of one individual who he, uh, he has, he, he's um, uh, become, he, he's adhered to the Jewish uh, uh, mm-hmm. religion. So he was a Christian, a nominal Christian. But I, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking that this would apply to him um, mm-hmm. For somebody who is once enlightened, has tasted the heavenly gift, and now, now they were they were never saved because once you're saved, you were saved. But they're a, a professing nominal Christian, and then they fall away. I don't. I, there's no coming back from that. Yeah, that's what if I they see. fall away, it's, it says here, um, if it's they impossible. fall away, to renew them again yeah. in repentance, uh, because they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put right. Him to an open shame. So mm-hmm. the the idea that they could be, uh, profess to believe in Christ and then fall away, right. it's impossible to renew them. Right. Or if they had sin, let's say they were sinning without repenting, that would be an evidence that they weren't converted, they weren't regenerated. Because the chastening of the Lord it would, would prevent them from continuing in their sin, I believe. So if they were sinning without repentance, that would be a sin possibly to kill their body the lord would judge their body perhaps that their soul might be saved as paul right. said about the corinthian right. fornicator you but know. now keep in mind repentance yeah. like faith is from christ so yes. this idea yes. of repentance is a gift from god Amen. and that's, right. that's what a lot of these pastors i see on uh that i see on youtube think mm. that their the repentance is not at all a part of the gospel when yes it is Yes, it is it integral. Is. It is integral to the gospel, but they sure. they um, uh, they take the view that they, that repentance is somehow a work and therefore um, is contrary to the gospel. But they don't understand that repentance, like faith, it's like the it's like the flip side of the coin from faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both gifts from God. You can't muster it up in of yourself. Repentance mm-hmm. or belief. Yeah, or... I mean, how can you how can you believe in Christ without repenting? You know what I'm saying? I mean, no, you, you're, when you're born again, you're born out of this world. Yeah. Where you're 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 born again from having been a sinner. You mm-hmm. have you, you 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 there has to be repentance. Repentance is part and parcel of salvation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the the uh, the Arminians because they don't accept the idea that faith is a gift of God then they, mm-hmm. they have this idea of, 
repentance being actually a work. It's it's salvation by works. Yeah, so sure. they must continually right. repent yeah. and and bring forth works uh, yes. of their own free will. Yeah. Yeah, when Peter was preaching to the Gentiles, he reported that God had granted the Gentiles repentance as he had Bingo. done unto us. Bingo. You got yeah. it right there. Yep. Yeah. Hey, could you could you guys look at <clears throat> Mark three twenty nine? Mm-hmm. There's some other parallel passages. We give you all <clears throat> thoughts on that particular passage. I know that we talked about this before on this program, but I think it it bears uh, looking at. I'll just read that. The he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath share forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Mm-hmm. I find that interesting. The word is in danger. It doesn't say he's going to have eternal damnation. Uh, right. So in, in other words, that is not a absolute consequence of blaspheming the Holy Spirit, eternal damnation. It is a danger. No, no. Well, well, where is that verse again? Matthew 3.29. Mark, I'm sorry, Mark, Mark 3.29. Mark but he shall blaspheme the Holy Ghost, shall shall have never forgiveness. Well, yeah, but you have to read it in context, Larry. It says, he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Spirit hath never forgiveness. In other words, it's a present tense statement of something that always has been. He will never be forgiven of anything. That, that okay, means but he's but, going to, finish, he's going to be eternally down. Yeah. yeah, if you finish the verse, though, in context, mm-hmm. um, my point is that, in other words, <clears throat> I guess my question would be to all of God's elect, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just speak for myself. Have I blasphemed the Holy Spirit? Yes, I have. Has God granted me repentance? Yes, he has. Okay? Um, and, and see, that that's the thing. What is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Okay, that's the question. What is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Well, he says, what, in, he says, he says in the twenty-eighth verse, "Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Spirit hath never forgiven us, but is in danger of eternal damnation." Now. Uh, would it be incorrect, I'm just asking the question now, would it be incorrect to say, but he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Spirit ultimately, okay, in finality, okay, hath never mm-hmm. forgiven us. Okay, in other words, and, and so I guess my answer, my question to everyone here on this call, because I think it's an interesting question, is what does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Well, if you look at the passage, they it says here that the scribes said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casteth thee out devils. And so he was he was responding to what the scribes had said about the power he was using to cast out devils, and they were ascribing to Jesus 
the characteristics of the devil, that he was using right, the power right. of the devil to drive out mm-hmm. devils. So to characterize God as a devil is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's good. Right. Correct. Yeah. Right. And then the yeah. parallel passage, of course, is in the 12th chapter of Matthew, which is even stronger, I think. And back mm-hmm. to what was Ed, Ed was saying in the 25th verse, it says, Jesus knew their thoughts, and for them every kingdom divided against himself, and so on, and if Satan cast out Satan, and so on, and if by Beelzebub cast out devils. And then he goes on, and he says, uh, in verse 30, he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with scattered abroad. Brother, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be given unto men, but blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Mm-hmm. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So there seems to be, and I'm just, there seems to be a distinction between speaking against Christ and speaking against the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. That's that's right. Because yeah. verse thirty, if you look at if you look, if you look at Mark chapter four, verse thirty, it, it, it punctuates it by saying, "Because they said he hath an unclean spirit." Okay, mm-hmm. that's why he said that to to claim that Christ has an unclean spirit, that he's possessed by a devil, that he's doing things by the power of the devil, is to blaspheme mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And and I think that when it says, "But is in danger of eternal damnation," I think. That means that they are, in, in fact, in danger of eternal damnation. I don't think it means that it's potentially, it's a dangerous thing because this is a danger. No, that, that is where they are. That is, in other words, they have never been forgiven. They have never forgiveness, okay? And mm-hmm. they are in danger of eternal damnation. That's, that's their status. Yeah, I would well, tend to agree. I would tend yeah. to agree with that. I, I see what, with that. Yeah. I I see what Larry said uh, earlier about uh, never forgiveness. Meaning, we don't know what their end will be, but but at least where they are now is they they're not being forgiven, and therefore they are in danger if they if they're never granted the repentance to come out of that condition. So yeah, I, and also also I agree with Ed. I mean, there's a parallel passage in the seventh chapter of Acts that talks about kind of what Ed was alluding to uh, in the 49th verse. It says, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? For what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? And then he says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. As your fathers did, so ye which of the fathers. And so there seems to be, like Ed was saying, a distinction between those who, in other words, uh, at times rejected Christ and those who were always mm-hmm. <laughs> uncircumcised in heart and always resisting the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, I think he's speaking of the nation of Israel as a whole there when he says, You do always. You know, the, the Israel had a history of uh, rejecting uh, God. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, he's directing no, it to the he... Pharisees right there on the spot. I mean, let's take a look at Caiaphas and some of these <clears throat> rulers that judged our <clears throat> Lord at the Sphema <clears throat> seat. Uh, these, uh, I mean, uh, I don't want to judge anybody, but I would tend to tend to believe that they were never, never elect from the foundation of the world, and this mm-hmm. this pretty much uh, uh, their actions prove the point. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I mean, these were the devil. people. These were the people that were actually stoning Stephen that Stephen was addressing. Yeah, that's so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well. Getting back to what Chris was saying. Even uh, and that's that supports what Chris is saying here. If you read verse 29 uh, of Mark chapter 4, but he that's blasphemed against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness. In other words, that was foreseen. I mean, it, it was foreordained by God that they would do that, and they hath never forgiveness. They were that that's their status. They never would ever be forgiven. Right. So, so therefore, if they're never forgiven, they're not just in danger of eternal damnation, they can fully expect it. Well, no, no, because it means the same thing. See, in this, okay. con- in this context, to be in danger of eternal damnation means that's what's going to happen to you. It's going to happen. Right. In other words, we think of danger as something being dangerous, but I think right. danger here, in fact, that's a good, uh, we should do a word, um, <laughs> right. a word, uh, 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 Let's look at what the word danger means. That's a very good point. Okay. We have come to take it to mean a potential for something bad happening. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when in fact mm-hmm. it can be a certainty. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah you're, right, you're right. It's impending doom, not yeah. doom. Itself. And by the way, I'm looking yeah. at the, the, the common definition. It does say possibility of suffering, harm, or injury, which I think is what Larry was alluding to. And in right. his view of the word danger, and of course that's what people ordinarily would think. Mm-hmm. But let's go to. I like always going to the Noah Webster dictionary, and let's see what danger, what he says, danger means. Because I think his stuff is really good. Yeah. Uh, danger, peril, risk, hazard, exposure to injury, loss, pain, or other evil. Um, to put in hazard, to expose to loss or injury. It says nothing about possibility. Okay. In other words, the person is to put in hazard. So the person has been put in hazard. He's exposed mm-hmm. to loss or injury. Um, you know, I don't want to be too pedantic, but I just mm-hmm. think that if you look at this in, in its context, that has to be what it means. It can mean nothing else. Right. It, it so can't it's, be it's potential definitely, because... Definitely eminent. Right, yeah. right. It's a yeah, sign of exactly. warning. It's, it's a warning sign. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not like it might not happen. Is what right, I'm saying. Right. It's not like sure. there's a possibility it might not happen. No, I think it's going right. to. In the context in which it's written, and in the yeah. context of the other passages, I think clearly mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a reality. It's a present yeah. reality. Right. Well, back to what we were talking about last time regarding, <clears throat> you know, judgment of God. Uh, Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira. I think I'd have to look that up, but I think that uh, the apostle said to them, "Why do you always? Why have you blasphemed the Holy Spirit?" I think that's the correct. I, I'll have to go back and look at that. Uh, but anyway, 
So uh, was that a sin? Was that a sin? A, a sin unto death? What they well, did? that's 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 a that's the question. You know, I mean, see, I think yeah. <clears throat> the thing that's interesting to me, I, I look at my own experience and my own um, hmm. propensity to sin. You know, hmm. people don't want people don't like to talk about the fact that they have a propensity to sin. Well, I, uh, I I don't have any problem with uh, talking openly about. I don't like it. However, mm-hmm. I do find that I I am granted repentance over those sins, and so yes. yeah. the, the the difference is is my sin against Christ. In other words, my question is: Okay, can I sin against Christ without sinning against the Holy Spirit? Be Christ mm-hmm. is the Godhead. Okay, in other words, there seems mm-hmm. to be a a a more grave matter that Ed was alluding to, and sinning against the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. just, you know, just other sins. Because there's a distinction of this is a sin unto death and the other ones aren't, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it, I think it's interesting. Well, actually, there, there are two yeah. things. We're discussing two things. One is the blaspheming in the Holy Spirit, okay, uh-huh. uh, which is not simply sinning against the Holy Spirit. It's blaspheming in the Holy Spirit, which is the unforgivable sin. And the other one is the idea of a sin unto death, which I believe is the falling away from the faith that a person would profess in Christ and then rejecting mm-hmm. Christ. No, there's no coming back from that. Mm-hmm. So okay. I think that's what is referred to when they talk about the sin unto death. I don't think it's a reference to blaspheming the Holy Spirit, but I can't be dogmatic. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I'm, just, I'm just trying to give some meaning to it. To how we because it's so clear this passage mm-hmm. about blasphemy the Holy Spirit is so clear that it's such a distinct sin that mm-hmm. uh, now it could be that maybe he has, is countenancing both of those as sins unto death. Right. But then again, isn't he isn't he talking about a brother or a professing brother? And so a professing brother would not blaspheme mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Right. Now these were church people, Ananias and Sapphira, and, and Peter says. Uh, uh, has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? I don't know if that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Uh, I don't. I don't think it is because in verse nine, he says, uh, "If that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord." So, and it's it's like grieving or quenching the Holy Spirit for a believer. Yeah, but I think I, that's a real good. I think that's a a, a good illustration of the difference between blaspheming the Holy Spirit and a sin, okay, mm-hmm. uh, which is any rebellion against God of any kind. Yes. Yeah. And I would I, I, so, and so would it yeah. would it be would it be and, and then Kevin asked a good question and I've asked myself not I don't we can know this, but uh were the were Ananias and uh, were they just physically killed? Uh, were they were they God's elect, or did they go? Right, but they go to hell. Good, I mean, that's a good question. But I we don't, myself, we don't, we I don't know. There's no way for us to know yeah. whether they were saved or whether right. they just suffered the punishment of death for their sin. Uh, we don't right, know that. right. And that was the establishment of the early church was to put fear in them, not to lie among themselves, as, as Scripture tells us. 
and, and yeah, to that establish. was a result of it too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was right. Yeah. So it was uh, great fear came upon all the church. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all yeah, many of churches yeah. think, yeah. yeah, that's really well, they're, they're, and they're, and they're and I, of greed, and 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 they um, wanted the glory. They wanted the glory of giving uh, a perceived all the full amount of their of the yes. sale of their property, laying at the apostles' feet, and, mm-hmm. but they were greedy and they lied. Uh, uh, to get this glory right. and yet hold on to part of the sum. So, yes. you know, that, those two sins there, I tend to believe that they, they could have been still uh, elect, and God will kill you yeah. physically, and you can still end up in heaven. Yeah, you know, I believe still that. be saved. Yeah. Yeah, that, that. that's that's been an ongoing question of mine, you know, regarding, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, people like, you know, uh, Saul, who was anointed by God to be king, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sought the he sought the witch of Endor. You know, that's wow. I mean, that's yeah. Uh, and then you have people that Christ said, you know, as it relates to Judas, it would have been better that he'd never been born. Uh-huh. But yet he called, yet he called him friend. I don't, I don't understand that. Well, there's a verse that says that God took His Spirit away from Saul. You know, he yeah. put his spirit yeah. upon him, and and Saul prophesied. Yeah. But you know, at the end, it said God took his spirit away from him. So I, I kind of oh. think he's a, lo- a lost man. But you know, the Lord knows His own. You know? <laughs> right. And it right. it does us well to consider all these characters because we we are, as you say, prone to sin, and we we don't we don't want to sin in such a way as we lose our life but save our soul, right? Well, you know, that's, I think that's the uh, interesting thing, you know, you look at people's lives and the, you know, like we've talked about Nebuchadnezzar, I believe he was a saved man, because he... I believe too, I do, yeah. He glorified the God of heaven, and and, and, he recognized who he was there at the end. And that's how the Lord uh, deals with those he saves, he he humbles them, he, he debases them, and brings them to a place where they're forced to give him their their attention. Yeah. Well, let's, and yeah. so really I think that the key and, and back to what Ed was saying, mm-hmm. these people who who actually committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit when they mm-hmm. attributed Christ to being a devil, you know, mm-hmm. this goes back to the account of Christ himself in chapter 10, you know, mm-hmm. and he says that, um, you know, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they yes. shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, uh, he says, you believe not, because you're not of my sheep, okay? Mm-hmm. And so anyone that anyone that is unbelieving and is a goat, is not going to be a recipient of eternal life. I know that sounds kind of circular reasoning, but it's the fact that, you know, we are either of his... See, there's a great amount of rest in me in knowing that. In other words, I cannot mm-hmm. I cannot <clears throat> call, be the causation for my salvation. That's mm-hmm. what I was taught. You know, in other words, I'm the causation for my salvation because of my choices and so on. Sure. Mm-hmm. But Christ says that we have eternal life and the eternal life is in the Father. The Father, all that the Father gives me will come to me anyway. 
I didn't mean to get off track. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's look at uh, something else that's interesting, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. This almost looks like carte blanche. We can just name it and claim it, right? <laughs> Only if what, it's in accordance with God's perfect will will he grant it to amen, a child amen, of God. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Thy will be done, not my will. Yeah. Now, what are those things that we do ask for? I mean, well, there are many things, right, in, in the course of our Christian walk that we, the ministry that he gives salvation us. salvation of others, we ask, that that should right. be paramount in any child yes. of God, that that our, yeah. our kin and our and neighbors should be saved. Right. Yes, that's, yes. I think the main thing, yes. and, and if they right. are of God's elect, then God will follow up and save them. But right. There's no right. amount of prayer if they're not his elect. Uh, yeah. Again, it's not in accordance. There's a verse that says we are blessed in all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Um, does that exclude any physical blessings? Well, are they two different things? Well, I believe so, yeah. One one being spiritual and the other being physical. Again, it all comes wow. down to God's sovereign uh, uh, will and, and, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. us being in accordance with it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a southern gospel song out there that says, "Call him up, call him up, and tell him what you want." You know, yeah, I've heard that. And, yeah, yeah, and and that's the whole idea with this name it and claim it group out there is that you know God is the right. heavenly uh, rich uncle right. in the sky, and all you have to do is call him up on your cell phone on your on your spiritual yeah. cell phone. I saw a thing out in front of the Assembly of God Church up here the other day on the sign. It says. Uh, God has has the clearest um, internet connection, you know. And that's mm-hmm. the idea. That's the idea that you know He's just at our back and call, and and it's just not the case. Right. All, um, right, you know, right. sought Christ three times for healing, and Christ said, mm-hmm. "My my grace is sufficient for you." And so, yes, yeah, yes. I think there is a big distinction between you know spiritual healing and physical healing. And, yes. And, like there's a scripture that says, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, what, to back up what Larry's saying, there's a verse I can only come close. It's uh, 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 in our weak. He is strong in our weakness. No, oh, yes, yes. In our weakness, his strength is made perfect. There you yeah. go. There's a verse that says, "Call on me in your time of trouble, and I will be near." And, and I like if I lose something, I pray. I ask the Lord, help me find it. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. and there, even the tiniest of things, we, we just ask Him because we, we can't. <laughs> There's so many, so many yeah. things we don't. You know, <laughs> that, is so we, a, that is such a good yeah. point. The, the the things that are trivial in our lives, mm-hmm. uh, you would think we seemingly trivial to God, but He's looking over us. And not a yes. hair on every hair on our head is numbered, and so therefore, mm-hmm. even the things that we think are trivial that we that we would think we'd be troubled to, to God, He will, you know, uh, yes. listen to our prayers and and you know, simple little yeah. things. Yeah, there are people that 
think that God doesn't micromanage everything, and we should only take in request serious matters, you know, things that that require a miracle, you know. Where do you draw the line, though? You know, you know it's, exactly. it's good to have a, a, an all-day conversation with your Lord in regard yeah. to everything yeah. that you come Amen. up against and everything yeah. you do and be... And just, I've learned to be thankful in the smallest things. And I had a little yeah. talk with the Lord, and, and and actually he put it on my yeah. spirit. And I, I said, Lord, when I say thank you, and I live alone, brothers, and, yeah, you know, when yeah. I say thank you, I, I'm just directing it to you. I'm thankful yeah, for whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, and uh, But to continue sure. a, a, a carry on a, an all day, mm-hmm. all my life, have him part of my my life. I guess maybe it's easier for me living alone to to, to, yeah. to carry on that way. I I don't know, but uh, sure. Well, we keep close accounts. You know, we we confess our sins when the Spirit convicts us of it, and um, you know he. I'm glad he, he's he, there. I'm glad. Yeah, he's right. ex- ex- exactly. Yeah, in your time of trouble, you know. What time I am afraid, I run to the rock. You know, all all of these verses, uh, it's just a wonderful comfort to us. You know, that's really interesting. I've had conversations with Chris and Brother Michael, and I I don't know if I've talked to Ed about this. I don't know if I've talked with you about it, Kevin, but Mm. I've always struggled with, if you ever have listened to Jonathan Edwards, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's just half of the story. Mm-hmm. I'm and, and it came to me one day, and that's when I did a message, Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God, you know? Yeah, because, that was a little melodramatic. Was he before uh, Finney or after? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was the president of, uh, uh, oh, okay. what was it, uh, uh, Princeton. University, right. I believe. Okay. But you know, it's, it's the thing that the reason I'm bringing this up because I'm not uh, trying to malign Jonathan Edwards. But what I am mm-hmm. trying to say mm-hmm. is that because Jonathan Edwards did teach a lot of good teaching, uh, but mm-hmm. the interesting thing is <clears throat> the finality for God's elect is grace. Okay, that yes. that is. The, yeah. I mean, that, in other words, if yeah. we there's a song in the old. Baptist hymnal, and it says, uh, if I forget the mercy seat, see? Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. other words, if we we can have all of our ducks in a row, all of our doctrine down and everything else, but if we are not proclaiming mercy and grace to his people and his mm-hmm. unmerited favor, we've, while yeah. we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of the gospel that's not yeah. spoken of very much. Yeah, yeah, because it's not about us. It's what God has done for His people that, and what He exactly and what He declares. Right. Yeah, I mean, I look at myself and I say, you know what? <clears throat> if I if I have to rely on anything other than pure grace, mm-hmm. I'm doomed. I'm damned. Okay. Yeah, that's, right. yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, that, yeah. That's just the the the, the nuts and bolts. Of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's right. why right. when I look at the ninth chapter of Romans, that's why it uh, gives me such mm-hmm. great assurance when it says mm-hmm. that the children not having done any good or evil, but the purpose of God according yes. to the election yeah. might stand. That, that, oh man. Anyway. Yeah. 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 That's so beautiful. Yeah. Has anyone yeah, because... heard Jonathan Edwards? Uh, that what is it? I I won't listen to it. 
because you're right, Larry. That's a one-sided. Uh, I don't think it's. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me ask anyone that's ever heard that 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 trans read the transcript or heard the I, heard the sermon. Uh, have have you got anything edifying out of that, or or is it just downright <laughs> negative and like uh, yeah. uh, you're up against an insurmountable wall and that yeah. it's just inevitable that uh, you know every. It kind of goes back to the adage that the law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. In other words, mm. there's nothing there's nothing wrong with proclaiming the perfect law of God, you know, and that's what mm-hmm. he was doing there. But at the same time, he, I now I have heard the message, Chris, mm-hmm. and from Larry's perspective, there, you know, it was it was it was good, but it wasn't mm-hmm. good enough. In other words, he should have mm-hmm. ended. He should have ended with grace, okay? Yeah, you know, yeah. Look, look to Christ, you know? Um, right. I, I, I fully agree with you. When I read that, I thought all the people the people are going to be wondering whether they repented enough. Or, yeah. you know, you know yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it, was, it was bad. It, it shouldn't have ended the way it did, yeah. It sounds yeah. pretty bleak, you know? I don't think yeah. you'd recommend yeah. it. I, 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 no. Yeah. No. Well, see, we, one of the questions we, that was asked was regarding Charles Finney, and if you read any of Charles Finney's messages, they're very similar because mm-hmm, he tries to mm-hmm. get everyone into an emotional frenzy yes. and gives everybody the idea that their decisions, their choices, their mm-hmm. all their actions, their belief, their faith, their yes. restitution – all of that is what's bringing them salvation, and none of that has anything to do with the completed work of Christ. No, that's right. Well, John, right. But, but, yeah. but it, 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 is just on the opposite end of the scale. You're saying from Jonathan Edwards, right? Well, well I'm saying I'm saying that if you if you hear if you listen to Jonathan Edwards' sermon on sinners in the hands of an angry God. It's mm-hmm. left wanting, is what I'm saying. It's left right. wanting. Because it yeah. made, in fact, they said they polled people that were there at that service that he gave that message, and mm-hmm. they were they were in holy terror. They didn't know what to do. Okay. Right, right. That's right. no good. See, emotions up or down, good or evil, uh, are not your friend. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. an emotional gospel. Oh, no, but see, point. the free that will Arminian really, really pushes the, the, the pushes your emotional buttons yeah. to uh, to say, well, many came down the aisle, many were saved at, at my at my service mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I invited everybody down the aisle to accept Jesus. Well, right. on its on its face, it has mm-hmm. no value to me. So I see really the cow, and this I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Calvinist, the Calvinist and the Arminian are in the same camp because they, the Calvinist bases their salvation on the work of belief. Okay? If you read mm-hmm. Calvin, his basis for salvation is on belief. The basis mm-hmm. of our salvation is not on our belief. The basis of our salvation is on the obedience and completed work of Christ in the atonement. Yeah. And belief, faith, and repentance follow, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the difference between, and I'm not trying to use fancy words, but that's the did difference. Cal- did Calvin really believe that, that we have faith of ourselves to, to trust in Christ? 
Well, no, but he says in a lot of, if you read the mm-hmm. Calvin's Institutes, he'll say that faith is the basis, faith is the basis for delivering us uh, salvation. In other words, uh, in other the words, basis is you know, election. The basis of that's right. election. Yeah, that's well, where it starts. It's election right. and it's also the obedience of Christ in the eternal yeah, covenant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Well, when we when people say, "Well, we're Calvinists," we're not completely in agreement with Calvin and everything. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's why we need to have Scripture to support what whatever we say, and not not lean on the writings of so and so. Yeah, that's right. Now, John, that's right. Now, Jonathan Edwards did write an answer to Martin Martin Luther's book, "The Bondage of the Will." You remember he wrote yes. the freedom the freedom of the will. Yes. So Jonathan Edwards had a good orbed understanding of the gospel, but you're right in in that hands of an angry God. But imagine the the people that he spoke that to. They were they were most illiterate, illiterate, uneducated yeah. people. Now that's interesting. He wrote a, a, a rebuttal called "The Freedom of the Will." Really? I believe so. I believe it was called "The Freedom of the Will." Yeah. How about that? As a yeah. as a rebuttal to what Luther had written. It, it, yeah, I think that's why he called it the, the freedom of the will, because Luther called it the bondage of the will. If you do a comparison between uh, Jonathan Edwards' writing on the freedom of the will and mm-hmm. Erasmus's, uh dialogue with Luther, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it could be... Look, <clears throat> here's the thing. The thing that's missing in the whole diatribe with Jonathan Edwards as well as Erasmus, which I don't believe is missing in Luther's bondage of the will, mm. is, you know, again, Second Epistle Timothy one nine. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's the answer to the Arminian free will gospel. Second Second Timothy, you know, one nine. All the glory, I'll read that. He says, who has saved us? Who has saved us? That's the question. Who has saved us? Not ourselves. (laughs) Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, like heaven said. Election. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that pretty much says it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. John Calvin himself, um, he uh, he was not um, for limited atonement. His view was uh, he was actually only a four point Calvinist. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. Yeah, I've heard uh, that. Yeah. Well, you know, he came out of Rome like Martin Luther did, and and it's said about Martin Luther that he came out of Rome, but not all of Rome came out of Martin Luther. And so Calvin had also tendencies of calling the holy water of of baptism, you know, calling it holy water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Catholics called it holy water, but so you know, and and Charles Spurgeon had some of the same difficulties there at the end of his life. He 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 fought what he called was called the trickle down. Mm-hmm. Which was the Arminian heresies and so on, but then mm-hmm. at the end, you know, Charles Spurgeon invited 
Dwight L. Moody in the Metropolitan Tabernacle in his pulpit. And Dwight mm-hmm. L. Moody was an Arminian of Arminians. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, in fact, the the story yeah. was that at the end of his life, Spurgeon's preached election in the morning and Arminianism at night. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. Oh, I've really? That. Yes. Uh, that that downgrade. You remember that it was called the downgrade controversy. Exactly. No way. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea. Really. Yeah. yeah. And, and Spurgeon fact, was part of it. Spurgeon, if you read Spurgeon, I mean, even uh, if you get out the morning and evening devotional and you read through his devotionals, mm-hmm. he is very close to the free offer of the gospel in some mm-hmm. of his writings. He's very close to uh, the general call. Um, mm-hmm. There's no general call. It's an effectual call. There's no mm-hmm. free offer of the gospel. It's not an offer, you know. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute mm-hmm. decree. Okay. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's a, pro- a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a proclamation of what God has already accomplished in the person and work of His Son Jesus Christ. That's yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Good word. Man, proclamation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man needs to just back up and be quiet and listen. It's not about a response that he has to give to it. It's what God is speaking to him. And then Good. if he's given faith to believe it, he believes it. Good point. Yeah. 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 So th- actually, those are really good words to use in place of this idea of it's being an offer. It is a mm. decree. It is a proclamation. Yeah. Yes. Yes. An eternal yes. proclamation. Edict. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could never really listen to Spurgeon. I couldn't understand why, but they have prince of preachers on sermon audio. Someone's reading his, you know, because I think he died in eighteen sixty-eight or something or yeah. whatever. But I could never get, I could never get much out of him, not knowing that uh, he preached uh, uh, Arminianism at, 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 in the night service, and come to realize that. Maybe this is why I had an understanding of, of uh, or my spirit just wasn't settled with him. It's kind of like uh, today's, uh, this big church we have, Kevin, you know, with old uh, uh, John MacArthur, you know. I always yeah, thought he yeah. sat on a fence, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he didn't quite say it the way we would. That's right. No. By the way, did, you, did uh, you see what John MacArthur proclaimed? Uh, this last week, it's all over Facebook, and everybody's just, uh, they, they cannot even believe that he said this. You can go on Facebook and see it. But John MacArthur is now proclaiming that any infant who dies in infancy was never tainted with original sin. Oh, now that's completely oh, oh, wow. me against the Word of God. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's palatable, yeah. though. It's palatable for people. It undermines God's sovereignty to a T. I mean, God is sovereign, whether you're a baby or a, an old old right. woman. It doesn't one matter. Of the things, one of the things I wanted to ask, you know, and that is, um, and I think it's relevant to the question regarding this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and also uh, whether a person who is, you know, elect can fall from grace and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, Bill Gaither wrote a song about 15 years ago, and I mean, it became, I think it sold like three or four million copies. And the title of it was God is Good All the Time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
and there's no there's no conditions on God's goodness. In other words, God's just good all the time to all men without exception. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at say 28, what it says. It says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called mm-hmm. according to his purpose. In other words, we know that all things work together for good to them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can can we say? Now, I'm not talking about God's glory. Okay. I'm talking about the them here. Okay. Let's Mm -hmm. those that are not of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. All things working together for them. No, they're not. They're bringing about that they're working together for their destruction. They're vessels of honor fitted for destruction. They're not working together for good for them. So God is not good all the time to everyone without exception. Mm -hmm. You see, that's that's what we're being told. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. Well, what what does it mean to be good? In other words, he's good to his elect. Mm-hmm. He showered his favor and his grace upon us. But can we say that by, is he, now it's for his glory that he would cast Judas and Pharaoh and anyone else he chooses into hell. Right. But does that work their good? Their eternal damnation is my question. No, not. No. Yes, it not. is. From God's perspective, it from is God's good. Perspective. But from yeah. our yeah. perspective, yeah. I'm talking about maybe not from so their much. perspective. Right, right. Yeah, maybe not so much from their perspective. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. not at all. Let's be honest. Right. Mean, why would they be we- wait, weeping and wailing and gnashing really their teeth if it was good? I don't think from anybody's <laughs> perspective it works for their good. No, Pardon me? I was, I, I was euphemizing the, the ultimate condition oh, of yeah, the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ed, you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, I don't think from anybody's perspective that the lost is, is, is that it's for their good. No, they they yeah. were, they they were created as vessels for destruction. Destruction yeah. cannot be something good. It's a bad thing. Right. And from God's perspective, from their perspective, uh, no, things do not work out for, for the mm-hmm. best for them. No. Right. Yeah, but from so, God's perspective, it is good. Yeah, so oh, sure. to say that God is always good, of course He's always good. You know, yeah. He'll be He'll be good in destroying the wicked in their day yeah. of destruction. Yeah. Well, we could look at that, one that more thing. Glorify God. Yeah. Uh, let's see that verse thirteen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And isn't it beautiful that we can know that we have eternal life? We can know it. And and people say, well, how can you know it? Well, I go to Romans 8.16, where it talks about the spirit bearing witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. It's the spirit that bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. And if a child of God, forever a child of God. You know, so so if you have that witness in you, you can know you have eternal life. All I can know now is that I can sin, but never out of grace. Are we there? That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I just thank God for that assurance that he gives. You know, I'm glad I brought that up. 
Kevin, because I, I, I'm really glad you brought that up because, mm-hmm. you know, when we think about the love, eternal love of God for his people Amen. and what, Amen. what that encapsulates, mm-hmm. uh, there's no greater motivation for God's people to want to turn from their sins and flee to the cross. Yeah, right. There's no greater incentive because yeah. um, mm-hmm. when he says, I've loved you with an everlasting love, when he says nothing can separate mm-hmm. from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus. I mean, now I'm glad you brought that up because I've been thinking a lot mm-hmm. on that. You know, I was never taught that the awesomeness of his love. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the churches, we're always taught about our sin, and mm-hmm. and you know that we have to be confessing it constantly, and mm-hmm. always be afraid that maybe we've sinned unto death or or something. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just. Um, and well, we how can much look is at, too much yeah. in anything? How much is too much or not enough? That's See? right. That's so, right. Well, so if you sin in one point, you're either. guilty of breaking it all. Yeah. You know. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's right. But but again, if I'm going to say, well, I, I need to do this, well, have I done mm-hmm. enough? Or I need to refrain from that. Have I refrained enough? That's mm-hmm. my point. And the mm-hmm. point is, if I'm in Christ, it's moot. That's right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's good. Maybe we have time for you could go on another. forever. Well, you could go on forever with that. Uh, uh, yeah, that that yeah. missed, yeah. missed I, by, by the way, I think I think we've been going uh, now for an hour and a half. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, Larry, you tell what's us your thought. On, I mean, you you if you if you want to continue, uh, we no, can. No, I, I look and here's the one thing I know. No. I, I can empathize with a little bit, especially with Brother Ed. Brother Ed, you've been in airports fighting air, and you've been on. You probably got jet lag. I mean, I I don't envy anyone that has to do jet travel anymore, brother. Mm-hmm. And so you've been through that whole malaise. Uh, how was your travel today, brother Ed? Did you run into a lot of traffic in the airports? Uh, no, it, actually, it wasn't that bad. Uh, we went yeah. to Tulsa and Fayetteville this past weekend. We went to two cities, and um, it was uh, it was quite different from last week when I went to San Diego. Uh, in fact, I should. I, I should. Uh, uh, the, the sign on the restroom was quite different. You said yeah, we instead of a, we, we said we sent that out to everybody, brother. Everybody's yeah. seen it, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in, in the Fayetteville, I took a picture of the one from the Fayetteville airport. It was it was basically they did have th- a, a, an alternative restroom, but it was a family restroom instead, and it had mm-hmm. a a, um, a depiction of a, a man, a woman, and a baby. Okay, saying a family <laughs> restroom. Great. All right, quite different from California. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, yet if you decide to come out here the 22nd, just fly to Joplin, and Brother Michael will pick you up. Okay, I'm just I'm just planting the seed there. Okay. Okay. So, All right. Well, thank okay. you for the invitation. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, I think you're right. I think we've had a really good discussion. I want to thank Kevin and Chris and Ed and Walt. Walt. Walt kind of left us. I mean, Walt, are you still with us, mm. brother? I'm here. <laughs> I'm sorry. You should have spoken up, Walt. You should have said something. <laughs> Walt, I'm sorry. It's so easy for me to just get going, and I just—it's just the nature right. of the animal. Walter, do you have yeah. any final 
words for us, and we'll kind of let you uh, finish things off tonight. Well, I just want to say, uh, you, you know, uh, Larry sent me a book. It's called The Definitive Study of Hardshellism and Hyper-Calvinism by mm-hmm. Stanley C. Phillips, and that's no uh, relative to Larry. <laughs> and uh, I, as I was listening to the discussion today, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of the answers and stuff uh, I've already because I'm also there's there is a, a a PDF file up on the internet, but I'm putting it in book form, and when, when I, I'll have, I'll have it done in another 15 days. I mean, because I go wow. I go at it I go at it a little slower, and I know there's probably faster ways, but but anyway, when I get it done, uh, I'll share it with you. But that's a really a good book, and it is up on the internet. There is a PDF file up there mm-hmm. on uh, on this book. But uh, it's nothing like title? having it. It's What's called the title? A, a Definitive Study of Hardshellism and Hyper-Calvinism mm. okay. by Stanley C. Phillips. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. he, he gets he gets into the, you know, the name, how the name calling gets started and, you know, in the labeling of people, you know, it's a yes. it's yes. uh it's uh, it's 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 real it's real interesting because the the bottom line to, to the bottom line is if you just read the Bible by itself it's you know it's uh you know that is the you know that is the in our in place to to back up what what, what you know, of all these discussions but I I find it very very interesting the last just listening because you know. The fact that there's just oh there's eight or nine of us here today in uh because it's so hard to find two people that will just listen mm-hmm. you know i mean i mean people uh you know and we're in a in a period of time where there's um uh, it's always one group against another group or and uh you know and and I found it really interesting today too on the fact that on like verse eight in chapter one. Are in chapter four of First John, chapter four of verse uh, verse eight, that uh, some of our Bibles were capitals and some of them weren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it makes a, it makes a big change on the on the on the meaning of a word to me. But anyway, that's all mm-hmm. I got to say, and I, I enjoyed it, but I was listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, well I want to thank I want to thank everybody again. I want to thank Kevin for and Chris. Ed, Walt, and uh, and again, those that are not on the call, I want to thank John. John's made a lot of comments uh, here in the chat room uh, that are really uh, timely. Uh, he talks about the uh, comparison between Arminianism, free willism, and Calvinism, and uh, you know, and then. Um, uh, Louise is with us as well as uh, uh, Linda Freeman from Central Illinois and of course Carol from Oregon is, is with us and so we have we have had a good group here tonight so with that I'm going to bring this to a conclusion and next time around <clears throat> I uh, um, I haven't talked to John about this from Canada but I would like for him to uh, to bring a subject to to the format, and we'll figure out how we can get him on air 
um, facilitate that. And uh, Joel, I'd like for you to uh, um, pick a subject that is on your your mind, and uh, we may not agree, we may agree to disagree on some points, but I think it'll bring good dialogue. And because John, you've been in the you've been kind of standing in the corner, and we definitely want you to feel a part of this, and uh, we'll be there too. So with that, I'm going to say good night. And I want to thank everybody for uh, for your participation. So with that, right. you guys have a well, good we, night. Right. We pray for your health, Larry. All right. Thank God you bless. very much. Thank good you. Night. Good night. Good night. Good night, brothers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.